Tappers, what's up? It is the Monday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope you guys are doing well. Actually, screw that. I know you guys are doing well. The Bucks are one win away from a championship, bringing it home to Milwaukee. They have a chance to do it inside the Pfizer Forum on Tuesday night. We have a ton to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about the first quarter and why it never actually matters. We're going to talk about Drew Holiday. We're going to talk about the shot making. We're going to get into all of it. I'm so excited to talk through the Bucks and talk through what happened on Saturday night. It was an incredible evening in the city of Milwaukee. And I feel bad if you weren't in Milwaukee. And I'm not trying to be a dick. But I can't remember the city being that alive, being that on fire. The Broad House, which you know we've been at pretty much all playoffs, will be there Tuesday night as well, was as crowded as I've ever seen it. It was wall to wall. You could really not move. There was a We got a corner, shout out to my fiance who sat down early and she got that corner and that corner was great. And we were on that corner the whole night. And she was actually in that same corner when they closed out the Hawks. I've now watched like I think three, we've won four straight games together. So my fiance has kind of become my good luck charm here. And I asked her about Tuesday. I'm like, are you coming? And she's like, I don't know. And because, you know, she's not one to usually go out past past a certain time. And so Tuesday, eight o'clock is a heavy lift for her but i i kind of need her there right like if i don't have mo i don't know how i'm supposed to feel here because i'm i'm zero and two in my last non-mo games i actually think zero and three right yeah so i haven't seen a a game a bucks win without my fiance since game number three of of the finals i think that's true no 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 wait game five i wasn't with her so it doesn't matter but regardless she's been good luck and obviously you know at this point you're like full superstition you don't want to change anything like the clinch shirt i've worn the same shirt in each clinching game since brooklyn you guarantee that will be out although shaken's dropping some new threads through which are going to be great but i will not wear it on on tuesday i have to wear the clinch shirt it's just part of it part of the vibe i will wear the other one though multiple times over the summer i guarantee you that but let's get into the actual game itself uh the first quarter looked like it was not going well for milwaukee if you recall on the podcast on friday i kind of was like Suns are dead. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to get off the mat. I I had real concerns that they were just kind of going to come out lifeless. And Mitch pushed back on me, which he should have, and Mitch was right. And as the Suns are making everything at the newly named Footprint Center, uh, Mitch was like, some some demoral, demoralizing, right? Like, some, you know, yeah, they really they really looked looked demoralized out there. And I was like... I was like, yeah, I was wrong. You know, we have wrong takes. I tape podcasts every day. I'm wrong a lot. I think JT DeBrick, who I used to listen to as I was going to bed as a kid, would be like, I'm wrong like 75% of the time. Or I think he says like, I make six mistakes before I even get up in the morning. Like, and that's true. So like, I had no problem owning that. But then I tweeted out as I to calm the masses. And I was calming Mitch down because Mitch was losing his fucking shit. And I'm like, first quarters don't usually matter. There's only a certain case of games where you're like, all right, the first quarter, it was on from the start. The Brooklyn Game 2 series, great example. Milwaukee against Miami in Game 2, another great example, where the team just got steamrolled from the start. 
and it, but it does not happen very often in the NBA. It's very few and far between. And I knew if the Bucks could get it down to eight, they would be all right. And part of the reason they were down 16 is because Drew Holiday went out of the game with two fouls. Mark Davis looked like he was on his, his shit. Mark Davis, who is friendly with Chris Paul, we talked about it on the podcast on Friday. You saw it on full display early on. And Jeff Teague was absolutely terrible. And I've been a little bit defensive of Jeff Teague, or I've defended Jeff Teague in the last few games. Can't defend Jeff Teague in this one. He was flat-out dog shit. And then they brought Drew back in, and Drew had a message for the haters. It is never put me in an Eric Bledsoe meme ever again. Thank you. Because he doesn't deserve that. And I couldn't believe that people did that in the first place. But seriously, fuck those memes because Drew Holiday just showed his worth. And there have been moments in this postseason where Drew Holiday has looked like a stud and looked like the guy that people traded all the picks for, right? And I think it gets lost in the shuffle. I think these games get kind of forgotten. This one certainly will not. But Holiday was big down in game six against Atlanta. He played amazing basketball in that game. Brooklyn game seven, he didn't really play well. He missed a ton of shots, but he came through when it mattered the most. When the chips were down, Holiday was there to deliver. So he has taken a ton of shit, and it's been mostly unwarranted. And he's been so good defensively. I get what Mitch has said to us on Friday where he was like, look, they're a big three. They need they need at least a little something from Holiday. I totally get that. But at the same time, what he's done defensively is otherworldly. He is dominating Chris Paul and Devin Booker whenever he's on him. He is an absolute dog on defense. And he went off in this game. He went off. And he was feeling it from the start. And whatever he did to start this game, he needs to bottle that up and take it to Tuesday night because that obviously got him going. And he at one point had 23 points in 24 minutes. He finished with 27 and 13 and also hounding both Paul and Booker on the defensive end. I never want to see a Bledsoe meme with Drew Holiday ever again. It is over. It is done. You will not do that because that is not fair to him. Yes, he hasn't had the best playoffs. His playoffs have been uneven to say the least. It's basically a big like butt, right? Not like a Instagram booty or anything like that for you horny guys out there, but more of a Drew Holiday's been awesome on defense throughout this entire playoffs, but his offense has been less to be desired. So if you did like a playoff grade, if you will, and I know we're not over, we're far from it, who knows where we'll go, but up to now, I would say Drew Holiday is probably a B, B minus, and it's the defense carries that grade up, and then the offense brings it down, but when you have moments like you did on game five, it starts to reconsider where you put Holiday and how he's performed in these playoffs. I still love Drew Holiday. I thought Drew Holiday was the guy all along. I know that people wanted Chris Paul here. I expected, honestly, the Chris Paul could have been a buck storyline to pick up a lot more steam. I think because Chris Paul has not played well in these playoffs, or in this final, excuse me, 
that has kind of went away. Paul was good in game five, don't get me wrong, and he was good in game one. Weirdly, both Mark Mark Davis ref games. I, I have no idea, right? Like, I have no idea why that seems to be the case. But anyways, I expected more of that, like, the Bucks have buyer's remorse. They should have got Chris Paul on the team. While forgetting, and I've said it a lot, so I hate to beat a dead horse, but Giannis never wanted Chris Paul. Giannis is the alpha. Giannis is the leader of this team. He did not want some 37-year-old point guard telling him what to fucking do. They would have clashed. The management knew it. He told the management to back off on Chris Paul. I don't want him. I want Holiday. And I believe that's how it goes. It might be a little different, but Holiday was the guy that they wanted over, over Chris Paul. And they made the right decision. No matter if the Suns come back and they win this fucking thing, they made the right decision. I will 10 times out of 10 endorse what the Bucks did in this one. So I have no problem with Holiday. I don't want to see a Bledsoe meme again though. Cause he's because people are better than that. I'll just be I'll just be frank. Like people are better than that. Holiday though was included in the incredible shot making that we saw in this game. Now I don't know if you know this, but I like to bet from time to time, sprinkle a little money here and there. I had the under. I'm an idiot. I thought that this would be a knockout, drag out fight. Like I, I thought this would be like a 95-93 game. Like I, I just expected not a lot of scoring because I thought these two teams have seen each other for four games. They'd figured them out. Everybody knows everybody else's move and it would just be best basket wins, right? It was not that because everybody was making shots. It was raining buckets from all over the all over the court in the valley and we all wondered this postseason like would the Bucks regular season shooting come back would they see some positive aggression regression would the law of large averages kind of finally even out for the Bucks as they've had multiple games where they have underperformed their regular season numbers and some people would argue well that's just who the Bucks are like this is not they are not this team who can make a ton of shots well guess what milwaukee did all game they made a ton of shots the big three of Giannis, middleton and holiday shot 57 percent from the field they made 38 shots out of 66 those guys were so good in different spurts of this game in one spurt it was holiday and another spurt it was Giannis, and another one it was middleton I don't know if we've really seen this big three come together with that type of scoring all season, yet they picked the perfect time. It was like they smelled blood in the water. It's like they knew that they could do this, that they could steal this game out of Phoenix, and they were going to do it to have a chance to bring it home in Milwaukee on Tuesday night. The Bucks as a team were great. They shot at that same percentage, 57%. From the field, they made 50% of their threes. We so much, so many times we've seen the Bucks struggle from deep. That didn't happen. I gotta say, Pat Connaughton continues to earn the credit that he deserves. He had 14 in this game. I think he made four threes. He hit some early threes. I'm starting to wonder: Do you bring in Pat Connaughton early? Like you don't make a lineup switch in this this late in the in the season. But Pat Connaughton is more valuable in the lineup than P.J. Tucker is. I love P.J. Tucker. 
P.J. Tucker is one of my favorite books of the last probably 10 or 11 years. But Pat Connaughton just matters more with what the Bucks have against Phoenix. And he keeps showing out and he keeps hitting big shots. And so I do think that Pat Connaughton has more of a role than P.J. Tucker. And they should do a better job of getting him in early because I think that was part of the spark plug in the second quarter. All of a sudden, the Bucks were stealing minute, stealing points with Giannis on the bench as Giannis was getting a rest, and they were <laughs> they were kind of dominating. They just completely flipped the game without even Giannis being on the court, and that was led by Holiday. That was led by a little bit of Middleton. There was some Bobby Portis in there, um, at Conton, as mentioned. So the Bucks just could not miss, and it was an amazing feeling. The Suns were great too. Like the Suns numbers, you look at them and you're like, they shot over 55% from the field. They shot 68% from three. How the fuck did they lose this game? Bucks were a little bit better. And that has been the story of this finals. The Bucks are a little bit better. We saw it in game four, and now we see it again in game five. That fourth quarter, man, I, I will be talking about that fourth quarter for a long, long time. Win or lose the series, I will talk about that fourth quarter. We will always have that fourth quarter. The Bucks were up 10 to start that quarter. They had a chance to kind of put the foot on the throat. I think they got it up to as large as 14. The Suns just kept coming back. They kept fighting like a title fighter who's caught, who's bleeding, but they kept swinging. And it made it great. And the value oop was amazing, and we're going to talk about it, but man, that could have been an all-time choke. That, the, the heartbreak index was off the charts. It was just spiking. Seeing the Bucks not be able to finish this off. And part of it was due to Giannis not making free throws. Part of it was due to some bad shot selection. I think the Bucks slowing it down is actually a mistake. This might sound like a zag because you're like, Charlie, waste down the clock, four corners, Dean Smith. Like, But I, I think it throws the Bucks off. I've watched enough of these group of guys to know that it kind of throws them off their game. And then that's how they let teams creep back in in the fourth quarter. I think you just need to keep playing basketball. Like, I don't think you need to slow it down. Like, two minutes left, sure, slow it down a little bit. But I think it actually mucks things up versus letting these guys just create their own shots. So we'll see if there's any adjustment to that, if the Bucks need to in game six. And they can kind of work that work that out a little bit. And Giannis, man, the, the free throws were rough last night. It would have been the story if Milwaukee lost. Everyone would have that rose that brought Giannis up would have tore him down immediately. Because that's the world we live in. We have a lot of hating ass motherfuckers. But that is exactly what would have occurred. Thankfully, we don't have to worry about that because the Bucks hit big shot after big shot. Chris Middleton, man. Ice in his veins. Some of the craziest shots I've seen. The step back three was absolutely wild. Um, I couldn't believe it went in. I couldn't believe he shot it. Chris just was feeling good, man. And Chris was ready ready to deliver. Now let's talk about the value. You're like, Charlie, how have you gone this long and not talked about the value? Well, look, it is an amazing play. It is one of the most memorable sports moments of my life. I will forever remember the value, win or lose. I, it, it's etched into my brain. Just like the Rodgers Hail Mary that sent it to overtime. 
Bucks lost that game, or Bucks Packers lost that game. But I will always remember being at my guy Eric's house and basically doing Lambo leaps into his couch. Like we were going absolutely absurd that Jeff Janis got up, climbed the ladder, and pulled down this touchdown to send it to overtime. So I will always remember the value. I will always remember Giannis dunking on Chris Paul, who actually committed a dirty play to, to the shock of fucking no one. But it's just, it's so great. And to have all these moments, the block, now the steal or the valley oop, the, the block, I, I think the block was called the sun block. I don't like that. Just call it the block. It's just the block. LeBron has the chase down, I think. I think LeBron's might be called the block too. But it's it's just the block or it's the Bucks block or whatever. Or it's it's just an amazing moment. And having those moments back to back is fucking incredible. It's I, the bar absolutely lost its mind when Holiday stole the ball. I don't know if any of us saw the alley oop. When the alley oop happened though, I mean it was pandemonium in there. I I think I spilled a full beer. I had like a, I just got a beer, and I actually thought like because I didn't have a beer in my hand, the Bucks were losing. I also I'll, I gotta be honest, and this is so weird, but I did not really feel drunk for most of the game. And you you'll probably you've probably watched the review and you're like, yeah, dude, you were fucking hammered. But when I was in the fortress that is the Broad House, I didn't feel drunk. It's like when you sit down and you're just chugging, drinking beers and you're like, you haven't sat up and you just keep drinking and then you sit up and you're like, holy shit, I'm drunk. Like I started walking out of Broadhouse and I looked either at Twigs or Mitch and I was like, I'm fucking drunk guys. Like I'm not sober and I didn't even realize it. That's, I don't know. I don't know what that is. But yeah, beer spills, it goes everywhere. I'm going nuts. Everybody else is just losing their mind. I think guys went on the table. People took their shirts off. Tim's throwing ice at people to get them down. It was a fucking incredible scene. And while I wish I would have had it on film for you guys to show you, I'm so glad that I kept my phone down. I didn't really have my phone out. I, it, it was in my pocket for most of the game. I've done that a lot at the Broad House. I know you're going to say, wow, you sound like an old man or whatever. But there's been so many times where I get caught in my phone. I just did not want that to be the case for these games. And also, too, I celebrated with my fiance, with Mitch after the game, before I did the review. One of the things I regretted and felt like a piece of shit about after the Brooklyn game, and I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. I've talked to it with a couple people, but I don't know if I did on the podcast, where I just felt such an asshole that I immediately went to my phone and was like, game review, do it. And I didn't take the time to just celebrate with my friends first. And that's what I, I did in this one. Like I made sure to celebrate, and I was like, all right, Mitch, we're doing the review. And I did it right in front of everybody. And I, it was just a bunch of yelling, but it was one of my favorites. It's one that I will remember. And at some point when I'm old and I have kids and, I, and they're old enough, they're like, look what dad used to do. He used to just scream into a, t- into a phone because he was excited about a game. And they're going to probably be embarrassed by it. They'll be like, dad, you cussed. I'm like, yeah, fortunately I did. I'll put money in the jar. 
that probably want to be one of my hardest things with kids is just the random f bombs, right? And then once they figure it out, I think as they're young, they don't know. When it's like five or six, and you're just you can't like say anything bad. It's it's bad. It's bad news. But that's a that's a problem for like years down the road. But still, I will always cherish that. I will always cherish that review, and I'm glad I celebrated first, then did the review. And I'm, I'm glad so many people enjoyed it, uh, that have reached out, that liked our post on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter. You know, find us on all those at SnowTapWI. It, it's just, it, I, I know some of you probably make fun of the reviews. I know some of you probably just, it's, it's funny to you, but like, it's so cool that so many of you enjoy it and so many of you talk to me about it. And it's like the first real thing that I've done with Snowtap that it seems like it's stuck. And it's it's been really hard. You know, it's not been easy. I just want to say, like, it does mean a lot to me. And even if you're making fun of it, and even if you got it, you're like, wow, you sound like an idiot. It's fine. You're watching. I don't care. Just throw me a like. Even, you know, that's all I ask. At least you're watching. I'm sorry I make some people's significant others mad. I've heard that feedback too. They're like, yeah, I'll be playing it. And all of a sudden it goes on. It's like, can you turn that fucking thing down? The guy that's Charlie. It's Charlie again. Come on. So I I have a, I have a few conversations with some significant others apologizing for reviews at my wedding probably. But that'll be fun. That'll be, that'll be a good time. It'll be all in jest, I promise. Um, and if someone's asking, are you going to do a review at your wedding? I probably will. But I'll probably be drunk and I'll have to do it when like Morgan's in the bathroom or talking to somebody else because she'll fucking kill me. But for those that are coming, which I'm sure a lot of you are, um, we'll we'll do a review. Just you guys got to get me to do it and we got to do it when Morgan's not around. Okay? So that's the deal. I told the podcast first. I will tell everybody else. All right. Enough about me. That was a lot. I'm sorry. I, sometimes you get started on something and you go on a tangent, especially on a late late show that I'm doing. Too late for what I, I could have easily done this show earlier today, but, you know, it's life. So as for game six, I am trying really, really, really fucking hard not to look ahead. It is impossible. I, It's so hard not to just be like, it's going to happen. We're going to do this. You know, there's been talk about the celebration after. I'm not going to say what it is. I, I, I just can't say it. Like, I cannot say the words out loud because I do not want to put the cart before the horse. A part of me feels like the Suns are fucking dead. I said that. I know you're like, Charlie, you said that Friday. They came out and had a massive quarter. I get it. But this is two straight games. Two straight games where they were absolutely punched in the mouth. This game, they basically was like a reverse engineer of what Milwaukee did in game four, where they come back in the fourth quarter, they have a chance to win it, and the ball gets stripped away, and this iconic NBA play happens again to the Suns. How can't the Suns respond? Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to give their best effort? I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. But Milwaukee has to make them believe it is ending Tuesday night. Early offense, great defense, get up early, and you will see the Cancun memes fly in into the second half. The crowd will be on 
fire. I don't think they're going to get kind of that nervous feeling. As you've heard maybe Bill Simmons talk about with like the old Red Sox teams where it's like, holy shit, we're going to do this. Only would happen if it's close. If it's close, I expect a tight crowd. I really do. I expect a crowd to be very, very tight if it's it's going to be close. And I just need that crowd to be on fire. And I think they will be. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. I have no source on this, but I, I just think he is. I think you're going to get an I'm back from Aaron Rodgers. And the crowd is just going to go nuts. I think the Brewers are going to all be there. Christian Yelich kind of joked about it today. Everybody is going to be there. And I just, the Bucks can't come out tight. And I know it's kind of a juxtaposition because I'm like, look, this is as mentally tough of a team as you as you get. True. But there, there will be some tight buttholes. The Bucks have to just start quick. Easy buckets in the paint. Find guys in the dunker spot. Try to draw fouls on eight and early and, and move on with it. And try to get there. I do think Milwaukee has Phoenix figured out. I think they're applying a lot of similar things than what they did with Brooklyn, where it's like, all right, Booker, have your games, but nobody else is scoring. We're shutting down everybody else. But it's not a given. You don't know. Maybe there's another adjustment. What if Crowder goes nuts? What if Aiton finally has a massive game? Like, what if he goes off for 24 and 20? The short rest will hurt, hurt Chris Paul, I'm not going to lie. I, I think... That's going to be a real factor for the Suns. But yeah, there's a chance it could go go seven. There is a real chance. I'm not I'm not going to be shocked if it happens. Now, this isn't me being pessimistic. It's just me understanding that sports happen. Even though the predestined thing that we see ready to ready to happen, sometimes it just doesn't. So we got to be okay with that. As a, as a fan base. I know that sucks. But it's not given to us. They're not going to just hand us the championship. The Bucks are going to have to fucking win it. And even if they're tight early. As we kind of saw in that game 7 Brooklyn. Just hang around. Just hang around until you untight yourself. And find a way to win down the stretch. As you have all season. And all playoffs. I believe the Bucks can do this. I think they are going to do it. But I'm still going to be nervous. I'm still going to worry. It's going to be a long 48 hours. Lastly, to wrap up the show here. So COVID has kind of found its way back into our our lives, if you will. Um, And I used to talk a lot about COVID when we had nothing else to talk about. In a lot of ways, I should have called it COVID corner. Um, I've had friends call me COVID Chuck. I may or may not have spent a little too much time with the Delta variant today. I'll be honest, it scares the shit out of me. And now not I'm not really worried about myself. I'm fully vaxxed. I'm just worried it will take one of our guys out. Because I don't think we've adjusted yet to the fully vaccinated people where it's really just a common cold. I get the worry is the spread to the unvaccinated. But I have to believe there should be a threshold of sorts. That's a totally another story for another time. Thanasis is out, even though I believe he's vaxxed. I I get why they would hold somebody out, but I'd hate the finals at the very, very end to have something like this be derailed by COVID. Would it be very bucks? Would it be the most on, on bucks 
branded thing to happen to this basketball team? Absolutely. I'm trying really hard not to think about it because it scares the shit out of me. Because I know with this testing stuff, you just, nothing's given, man. Nothing is, nothing is given. So I can't just be ready to be like, all right, yeah, they, they're going to be okay. I don't know. I really hope it just stays status quo. And I don't know. If I was the league, fuck it, man. Just just play. Get out of here. We'll figure out the Delta variant later. And I just really hope a lot of people use common sense. I know we're in, we're in a really weird spot with many people who aren't vaccinated, who I don't think will get vaccinated. And it's their choice, and we should respect that choice. And there are those that are vaccinated who are like, do I need to wear a mask? Or it's not as effective. I think the messaging needs to be clear. If you're vaccinated, it's a common cold. You still could have serious effects, but most likely it's just going to be a common cold. We should not be adding more restrictions. We should not be telling people what to do, what not to do. Go out at your own risk. It would be very disingenuous. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it'd be very disingenuous for the city of Milwaukee or the governor to put any sort of restrictions on Milwaukee moving forward when the Deer District has been full of 25,000 fans. And I know there are people who are worried about the COVID concerns in the Deer District. There hasn't been any sort of uptick yet. I mean, it's a two-week lag. So we'll see. We'll see what happens after the finals, so early August. As someone who's getting married with a large wedding, as I mentioned a little while ago, it's just it's very concerning for that as well. But the NBA part is is here now, and I just don't want the finals to be altered at the very end. Spencer Dinwiddie's tweet about that with Giannis was one of the weirdest fucking tweets I've ever seen in, in, in society. And I do want to acknowledge that the NBA players hate Giannis, but I don't really care. Because look, Giannis kind of hates them, so they hate him too. So why are we surprised? We shouldn't be. It's kind of how it goes. If you don't like somebody, probably they don't like you back. That's life, man. So just a little little food for thought there. All right, that does it for us. I did want to talk about the Brewers. Brewers had an awesome weekend. Um, but since we did so much on the Bucks, it'd be a really kind of odd transition. We'll do some Brewers tomorrow. We'll talk about kind of what is needed for game six on Monday, um, Monday show. And then we'll, we'll get into the Brewers and what happened there. And anything else that uh, comes across our desk in the next 24 hours it'll be all right bucks fans you will somehow make it through uh to tuesday and once tuesday's there and we're all at the broad house with a beer in our hand we'll be ready to fucking go all right guys take care have a good monday we'll be back tomorrow see you bye